I wrote a monologue today that I entitle Enemy of the State. During a debate in 2016 with Hillary Clinton for President of the United States, then-candidate Donald Trump made the statement, I hate to say it, but if I win, I'm going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation. This was referred to uh, referring to Hillary's use of a personal email account while she was Secretary of State. Eric Holder, Obama's attorney general at the time, made the following statement on Twitter. In the USA, we do not threaten to jail political opponents, as in Donald Trump. He is promising to abuse the power of the office. Wow. After Trump won the election, this never happened, the Hillary, and Hillary was never held accountable for her crimes. In hindsight, this was just the tip of the iceberg of her crimes. Her crimes make Watergate look like a parking ticket. In an article I read at Mashable.com from October 10th, 2016, the writer named Colin Dalida stated, Say what you will about whether the United States is a true democracy. The threat of jailing a political opponent is still not something done in a democratic system. Apparently, that is true unless a Republican, a conservative, a patriot, or anyone that goes against the will of the establishment is the target. This writer goes on to state, It is, however, something done by the leaders of dictatorial states around the globe. An anti-Trumper on Twitter by the name of Gary Kasparov on October 9th, 2016 stated, Trump's President Day won... Checklist. One, jail opponent. Two, media crackdown. Three, support Assad. Coincidentally, that was also Putin's checklist. This is what this guy said. We now hear crickets from these people now as their guy is behaving exactly the way they were saying Trump was supposedly going to be. Unfortunately, a lot of people are so blinded by politics that they can't see what is right in front of them. If confronted with their own comments about the candidate that they supported, they will come up with some kind of justification that their guy should somehow be immune from prosecution or be locked away forever or even worse, or their opponent should be locked away forever or even worse. We're seeing that. This is how the tyrants of those pushing the woke agenda as a means of control divide us to stay in power. Blind obedience to the party, no matter what. Once tyrants control all the key parts of government, their minions don't even notice when they go after their political enemies by silencing, jailing, or even having them killed. After all, they also control the public, public conversation through the media and therefore decide what the narrative will be. They turn the masses against their political en- enemies and make them public enemy number one. Let me give you some examples from history. In 2006, a Putin political advisor or adversary, sorry, named Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned to death, and experts pointed their fingers at the Kremlin. Garry Kasparov, the famed chess champion turned politician, human rights champion and Putin critic, as mentioned in the previous tweet, is also living in exile after helping to lead protests against Putin in Russia years ago. 
Another key figure in those protests, Sergei Yudalsov, is currently serving a 4.5-year jail term on charges of plotting to overthrow the Kremlin. Boris Nemtsov, these names are tough, a political reformist and yet another key leader in those protests, was shot dead. And while definitive evidence pointed at pointing at Putin or his cohorts has not come out, as The Guardian put it, critics of Vladimir Putin have an uncanny habit of ending up dead. Kind of sounds like what happens to those that go up against the Clintons. Despite all of this, Putin is very popular in Russia, which is why he keeps getting reelected. How about Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela? He rules the country with an iron fist and through socialist policies has run the country's economy into the ground. Maduro had his political opposition leader, Leopoldo Lopez, thrown into jail in February of 2014, then sentenced 1.5 years later to 14 years in prison on charges of inciting violence at an opposition rally, during which he called for calm demonstrations. Many observers, including the attorney who prosecuted the case, have said the case was entirely fabricated. I often have heard people in the United States say, that could never happen in the United States. Well, let's see. Thousands of protesters from the January 6th protest were tracked down, their homes invaded in military-style raids by the FBI, and many people to this day are still in prison without due process and without being convicted of an actual crime. In many cases, evidence that would prove them innocent is being suppressed. Evidence also exists that hundreds of undercover FBI operatives were there actually inciting the violence. This information is also being suppressed both in court and the media. Leaders of various patriot groups have also been rounded up, prosecuted in kangaroo courts, and thrown in jail. Four members of the far right, they call them the far right, Proud Boys organization were found guilty of seditious conspiracy in connection with January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Three members of the Oath Keepers and a fourth person associated with the far-right militia group were convicted of seditious conspiracy by a Washington, D.C. jury for their role in the January 6th, 2021 insurrection. What exactly is seditious conspiracy? Enacted after the American Civil War of 1861 to 1865, the charge of seditious conspiracy includes two elements, conspiracy and sedition. Conspiracy is an agreement by two or more people to commit a crime. Sedition is defined as incitement or advocacy of insurrection against an established authority. What about the hundreds of unnamed FBI operatives that were there that day inciting the violence. I guess they don't get charged because, after all, they work for the government. Lastly, we have the indictment of Donald Trump. The case against him literally started the day that he came down the escalator and announced his candidacy for President of the United States. He was not part of the establishment and therefore was not entitled to run. If announced his intention, he announced his intention to run wasn't enough, maybe it was when he criticized the entire government for lying to the American public about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. That put him in the crosshairs. 
He's being charged with so-called crimes that pale in comparison to actual serious crimes of those in the Democrat Party that are being completely ignored by not only the Democrat Party, Democrat supporters, but also the media. In any case, we currently have the warmongering criminals running almost everything, including a politicized justice system. About all that is left is a few patriotic politicians, some justices, uh, judges, and the U.S. Supreme Court to stop our country from being completely overrun and ran off the cliff of socialism, corruption, immorality, godlessness, and total persecution of dissenters. Will the few patriots in government have the courage to push back? Pushing back can be dangerous. After all, remember all those election integrity cases lacking standing? Those judges were too cowardly to take on such a controversial case. I heard them say that. Isn't that the nature of a court case, to be controversial? Historically, tyrannical governments don't get voted out of office because the masses that support them have the illusion they are getting something for free. These types of evil governments typically end through violent revolutions. How will the tyranny end in our country? Makes me wonder.